Hi, I'm Leila Johnston from Shift Run Stop and Hack Circus, and you're listening to the Bite High No Limit podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Dane, who is uh, running NMS CFAX, which is a CFAX surface that, uh, service that can be viewed online uh, via uh, phone or via your PC. Um, can even go via, I think, your Amazon stick as well, can't it, Nathan? Well, you can access it with anything with a web browser, pretty much. Um it's completely web-based and that the web-based part is all uh it's alistair cree's viewer so it's amazing but the actual content is what i do and that also you can install it onto a raspberry pi and install it directly onto or sorry view it on a tv in the same way as the real service was so that means that you can access it actually via the buttons on the on the um on the remote would that be right yeah, that's right. And we're also we're also working on a way to do it via digital TV, but that's uh, that's a wee bit away yet. So that's rather than rather than plugging it into a in, into the composite video port, obviously nowadays it is we are starting to get to the point where TVs don't have analog ports anymore. So we've got uh, we're working on a thing that will allow you to use it via digital channel. Obviously, just internal. We haven't got permission from Ofcom to broadcast it. Um, <laughs> we work on that as well. <laughs> yeah. no. Well, there might be something under a sort of like a community remit, maybe. But uh, that's interesting that you would be able to actually yeah, go through the, the, the box because uh, more and more televisions, as you say, are missing them RCA or AV uh, plugs at the back and um even the raspberry pis now i think the the latest ones aren't uh, don't don't have that support anymore yeah so uh, one of the problems i know is that the latest um firmware and operating system doesn't even support um raspberry teletext which is what we use to put teletext data on a raspberry pi's video output so that's already a problem we have to use the legacy system to be able to do this still so even that sort of shows you that you you know there may be problems coming down the road but <laughs> we should be able to code it to, in theory the new pi 5 should be better for doing this but it depends on somebody writing the software for it and it would need to be someday a lot more intelligent than i am so we'll just have to wait for that <laughs> mm, yeah it's so it's kind of strange really that we, we're we're witnessing obsolescence again um but but very quickly i mean the pie's only been around 10 years um the uh and uh yeah it, it's already sort of like um wheedling out things that it doesn't think it needs and calling it legacy but it's the things that we rely on to um to to, to keep uh teletext going as such um it's an interesting yeah. point because i know this is going off topic slightly but you do see that a lot i mean stuff that was invented back in well the 70s 80s a lot of that would have still well i mean teletext kept going for 40 odd years near enough give or take um Whereas a lot of things now, especially things that come out, Kickstarters and things like that, they last, you know, maybe two or three years. Then the company goes bust. It's reliant on a cloud app or something. 
that disappears and suddenly the product becomes a brick. Mm. So it just shows you how things move on. Mm-hmm. It, it does. It does. And it also goes to show probably how, um, you know, the human psyche just moves on as well, you know, and, and sort of can quickly forget. So things become sort of nostalgic, I, I guess. But um, so Nathan, the, you know, I would like to, you know, know really, I mean, what was your first, um, what was your first experience of Teddy text? I mean, how old were you and when was it? Well, I'm only I'm only twenty two at the moment. So CFAX was well the digital switchover happened in twenty twelve when I was eleven. So I don't have like I was too young to have a massive interest in it at the time, but I remember I do remember trying to find things on it, you know, find some of the some of the pages um in the index and getting really upset because well not upset but really annoyed because the uh, index page kept it was a carousel and it kept changing before I could type the page number in um and I remember uh my dad would have sat uh with BBC one on um looking through the latest headlines so that was that was my memory of it um and I don't I don't really I don't remember Teletext as in Teletext Limited. I think it had already left the air by the time I was old enough to remember it. I remember there was something on uh watch UTV here. Um, but I can't remember. I don't think there was much. It must have been one of those sort of holding services. Um but the I remember in at digital switchover I got to stay up. It happened around about half eleven, and I got to stay up late to watch it going off because uh, my dad knew that I would <laughs> I would like to see that as something interesting. So, and I I really sort of forgot about teletext and CFAX for a long time after that. It wasn't until maybe twenty fifteen or so, a couple of years later that um i've always had a a keen interest in analog technology and especially tv and broadcast stuff and that was from that um i had some old equipment and that that i used to generate sort of tv things around the house and i got gifted um a raspberry pi there's like a competition in school uh, that I won and the prize was a Raspberry Pi. So I got this Raspberry Pi and I was using it to do a couple of different things, but ultimately I wanted to use it to do something that would make like more broadcast sort of stuff, like try and emulate something. So I knew there was two things that I could think of that I couldn't do at the time that I wanted to be able to do. One of them was um NICAM stereo sound which doesn't sound very exciting but it's it's interesting the way it works more than anything else so that's why I wanted to try and do that and the other thing was teletext and I happened to come across it at a really good time because literally that year I think it was was when the main code uh that was on the go at the time for doing that with a Raspberry Pi had was pretty new uh, because up until up until that point, the only way of doing it was to use custom hardware. But I think I, if it wasn't just like literally within the last couple of months, it was you know pretty recent that Alistair Buxton had written Raspberry Teletext that allowed you to do it right on the Pi. So it took me a wee while to get that set up, but 
once I got it set up, I had a I had a working teletext system on the on the living room TV for the first time in whatever three or four years it was since DSO. Um, and from that, obviously, then the next thing was, well, this is great. You know, I had a couple of like handwritten pages and stuff on it. But even at that stage, there wasn't a TFAX or anything. You know, there were no pre-generated services as such. So my immediate next thought was, right, well, you know, now I have this, I want to have something interesting on it. I want to have something useful on it. So this natural step for me was to try and recreate what I remembered. And what I remembered was CFAX. Um, and again, timing was great because literally within around that time, Peter Kwan released um, what I think was called at the time Make News, I think, which was a small collection of PHP scripts that went onto the BBC News website and downloaded the latest headlines and through a couple of different steps um, converted those into CFAX pages. Now, I think, I think even by the time he had uploaded it, it was older code. I think he'd used it for like a previous like festival thing or something and it, it was a wee bit out of date because it didn't work perfectly I remember that and like at that stage I had never wrote any code I wasn't a coder of any <laughs> any um great use shall we say um but I got this I got I got this code anyway and basically fiddled with it and it was between a combination of me playing around with it and also emailing Peter Kwan and annoying his head uh, <laughs> that I managed to get it to work. And that gave me page 100. It gave me the he news index 102 and then the news pages 104 to 124. And that was how the NMS CFAX service started. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, that was literally what it started off with. And uh, from then Obviously, the first thing I wanted to do was uh, try and add a few more things. So I think the next thing I added was the Northern Ireland news on 160. Because as I've said, obviously, I mean, to be completely honest, I'm as much I'm sort of more interested in the like the actual broadcast side of it than I am or than I was, shall we say, the actual content. So it was more about having something to experiment with, but also at the same time, I wanted it to be useful. I didn't want it to be like a bunch of test pages because while that would have given me something to play with, it's not really very useful, which sort of wastes your time a bit. So I thought if I had something that was actually like useful information that was beneficial, not only to me, but to everybody else, in my house. <laughs> I know it's not a massive target audience, but there you go. Love it. hundred percent retention rate though. So. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought if it was something useful like that, you know, it would, it would make things more interesting. So I started off doing that and yeah, I just, I just got really hooked on the whole teletext system and I just, uh, um, from then on, I was sort of obsessed with it, really, uh, <laughs> and I've not I've not stopped since. So what's that? We're on, must be seven or eight years now that we've been doing uh, CFAX. Um, because it, the other thing was obviously it was great that 
we could see it in the house, but the next step was letting other people being able to use it. So I had various different viewers on my website at the time, but I know like pretty much nobody knew anything about it because it wasn't something that I posted on social media or anything at the time. Cause I mean, well, apart from anything else, I was still only like maybe 16 or so at this stage. So I wasn't, I wasn't on any big public <laughs> social services or anything. So I, uh, it was very much a thing that you would have, you might have showed the odd person directly and be like, here, do you see this? This is cool here. Um, but that was about the height of it. Um, so it, it didn't get um, a lot of traction, shall we say. But the whole time I was adding more pages, I was adding more stuff that I knew was on there. And, a big help for that was the recoveries that are online um because obviously you have the likes of uh you have the likes of uh, well Alistair Cree as well but also Jason um uh I've forgotten what the rest of his username is but you know how I'm talking the Grim Fandango is it yes, Jason indeed. Robertson yes Jason yeah. Robertson yeah, friend, yes. friend of the podcast definitely. exactly yeah uh, through his work and a lot of other people's work, I had material to work with because obviously, I mean, as I said, I was very young at the time, so I don't remember. I mean, I would vaguely remember what some of the news pages and stuff looked like, but apart from that, everything else I sort of had to write, well, what what actually was on that page and look up and see the headers, the footers, the layouts, the colours, even sort of better what the content was like at the time so that you could better choose what page you wanted that data to come from um and uh, and yeah so through that i was able to increase the thing until i'd say probably around 2017 as early as that i had most of the service that i have today i mean there's a bit more has been added recently because i'm changing over the, the way some of the code works, which is another whole nightmare. Um <laughs> but uh the I would say I would say the vast majority of it was there because I know I had a I had weather, I had the TV listings, I had regional and national news, um a few other bits and pieces. So like the core service was there. Um but as I said it was very quiet until probably around 2019 or so I think and that was when uh well there's a couple of things happened at that stage first of all I joined on to the teletext Facebook group so I started following uh some of the folks are following that chat to see what all was happening um and also I created or I built my first envision decoder or at least the first one that worked half decently well um, I should explain for anybody who's listening who doesn't know what an Envision decoder is. Basically, in the early days, you didn't have a teletext decoder in your TV. You bought an external box. And all that done was it took the teletext signal, which is out of vision, and made it in vision so that you could see it on your TV. So that's why it's called an Envision decoder. But that's that's by the way. Uh, the point is, it's used. It's the system that was used overnight on the likes of BBC Two to do pages from CFAX accompanied with the uh, brilliant music that they used. Um, so I wanted to build an Envision decoder to run 
my internal channel overnight. Uh, well, I mean, it pretty much runs it all the time, but <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, and as part of that, I was up in Belfast at Tech at the time. So I, uh, I was working out of the room that I was staying in and uh, I obviously didn't have a TV system up there. So the next best thing was to stream it to YouTube. So I streamed it to YouTube for testing purposes and I shared it to the Facebook group, I think. Uh, maybe not the first time, but certainly the second time. And that was when some of the folks on there came on, looked at the thing and said, uh, I know Alistair Cree again specifically says, that's, that's brilliant. You should make that public to everybody. <laughs> uh, you should make that, you know, that anybody can scroll through this because, you know, it's a lot better. It's There's no other recreations like this that are so faithful to the original because I know there are a couple of web-based things that I've come across that sort of copy the CFAX style and a few other bits and pieces, but a lot of them are, it's in style only, you know, they're web pages rather than teletext pages, so the widths are all wrong and things like that. And I mean, for the average person, that probably doesn't really matter, but for a nerd like me, you have to have it right, you know? <laughs> it, it can trigger certain people. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, so, yeah, I, uh, the next step then I made it so that anybody could download it onto their Pies. So that involved setting up a subversion server, uh, which in hindsight probably isn't the best way to do this, but that's, it's one of these things. It's a bit like how the BBC are stuck doing standard definition video on Freeview. <laughs> we were in early enough that there was nothing better. There was no better way to do it. So we're sort of stuck doing it that way now. Um, And that was when I got the first couple of people using it with pies. Um, I used to have a view counter that I could see how many unique addresses were accessing that server and see how many viewers I had. And then obviously the next thing then was getting it on a proper web viewer because the thing that was on my website at the time was very much a thing that I'd wrote and it was a bit useless. Um, carousel pages didn't work. Flashing text didn't work. I mean, not that there's a lot of that in CFAX, but you get the idea. There wasn't a huge pile that worked properly on it. Um, and Alistair offered, or rather I said to Alistair, um, he had just... He had, he had created the web viewer and I messaged him one time and said, um, can I steal that to use on my website? <laughs> and I was fully expecting him to be like, well, no, get lost. Because, um, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a free, you know, I wasn't, it was, it's, you know how it is. You don't really know. It wasn't available anywhere. So I sort of thought, okay, this is probably something he wants to keep to himself, isn't it? Because it's, you know, his own project. But no, he was he was really pleased that I'd asked as far as I could tell. And uh, yeah, we got it set up on my server. And within um, a couple of days, we now had that service both on my website and on his website. And that was that was that was probably that was the next step really um it was there for a year or so i would say um just thinking what year was yeah 
So it wasn't until then the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022, rather, that I was contacted by um, Jim Watterson, who's media editor at The Guardian, or he, he was at the time anyway. He probably still is. Um, and he'd been passed on my details by Dan Farman. Now, I, th- I can't remember. I'm still not 100% sure how he found out about the service to ask about it. So I don't know if he's seen. I think there was a fairly popular social media post that I made a couple of days beforehand when Facebook went down, I think. I think that might have been where he saw it because that was as, as close as I've ever been to going viral. Uh, it was that post because it got like a thousand reposts and stuff. So it was really, it was nothing like I've ever seen before anyway. Um, and he wanted to, he wanted to do a story on CFAX and sort of on me who'd done it for a sort of a Christmas slash New Year's article, something he said he said he wanted it to be something fairly light and cheery for Christmas. So he phoned me up and we had a long chat. And a couple of weeks later, the oh, I remember he specifically asked me, this is relevant for a moment too. And he says, um, if we post a link to this, um, it'll be all right, will it? And I'm just like well, yeah, and he's just like, yeah, it's not, it's not like gonna crash the website or you know cause any problems, is it? And I'm just like, oh no, no, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so you can already guess where this is going. Um, I should say as well that um, for anybody who doesn't know, again, I host the entire system myself. Um, it doesn't run. That's not. It's not because I'm one of these ones who wants to, uh, you know, who's afraid of big companies controlling the internet or anything like that which is a problem but it's not the reason i do it the reason i do it is just because again it's something that interests me and i like fiddling with things so at that time the server that ran cfax was in my sister's house in belfast on her internet (laughs) so when the article was released um in january um, the first I knew about it was when I got a message um, from, well, I got, I think I got a message from the server, first of all, complaining about excessive load or something. And then I got a message from my sister to say, do you know anything about why the internet here is not working anymore? And I was just like, um, no. Um, <laughs> and um yeah, that was when things really went nuts at that stage because there's a couple of hundred thousand people trying to get onto CFAX from the Guardian website. Um, obviously, a few of them at least managed to get on because it just got more and more and more popular. And both my website and I think Alistair's website as well got huge amounts of traffic, more than they've ever seen before or since. And uh also i shared the post on twitter and a few other things and again that got really really popular and what was quite funny at that stage was i had all these um reporters um replying to my post and emailing me to say um would you do an interview with us as well so i had to do i think pretty much most of the tabloids at least that come out daily um and i had a couple of radio interviews and the best one, or well, what I what I thought was really funny, and I still don't know how they found this out, but I was in work, 
um, in Ballygolly, and uh, somebody that the, the I was in. A, I should explain. I was in an office um, at a desk, and then my boss was at the table opposite me, and he had the phone on his desk. Phone rang, and it was reception. And uh, Amy says, um, "Hey, George, um, I have somebody on from the BBC here for Nathan." <laughs> 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 so I had to go over and left the phone to say, uh, hello. <laughs> and I don't know how they found out that I worked there or how they found out that that was the phone number or anything, but they found out some way or other and that was, they wanted me on Radio Ulster. So I was on Radio Ulster that evening with um, Jason Robertson um, chatting. Uh, <laughs> so that is oh it was it was absolutely mental and I know for a fact as well from listening back to some of them like I was not ready for doing interviews I had um I hope I've got better I don't know we'll see when this comes out <laughs> but I know at the time like people the first thing they always asked me was um well why did you Nathan why did you create this service and I was just like uh for fun um, <laughs> it, was, it was it was like i found that a really hard question to ask because it's one of these things and i said to somebody later like at the on the one hand there's no correct answer for that but at the same time there's hundreds of reasons so it's very hard to say for a radio interview but fortunately or i like to think anyway by the last two or three of them um, I sort of got a clue because I know radio. I had to do Radio Two with Jeremy Vine, and I had to do uh News Talk, which is a a Republic of Ireland Ireland channel, uh radio station, and uh had to do that with a fella um Sean Moncrief, and those were both longer form interviews. I think one of the problems with the first ones were you only had like thirty seconds or a minute. And you were very aware of that because you had them in your ear the whole time. <laughs> so you knew that you were under pressure. And I, um, pressure can get to you sometimes, can't it? So that whereas those ones, I knew I had a good 10, 15 minutes. So I wasn't. And also I had experience of what everybody was asking. So I had a better idea what they were going to ask and what was going to happen. Uh, so that was that was that that was my 15 minutes of fame uh, <laughs> and it did help massively because after that there was a lot more sort of permanent viewers to the channel or, or to the website sorry and it's well I mean there's still there's still a fair few people you look at it I know there's people emails to say they look at it every day there's even a chap over in America and over in America, obviously, they didn't have teletext, but he is originally, I believe he's originally from here and he's working over there now, but he wanted to use that. And so he has a monitor set up. I built him an InVision decoder box uh, with an HDMI output, which is really rare for teletext. And he is that plugged into a monitor of some description over there. And he has the the page 100 headlines on there and he keeps an eye on the headlines literally from cfax in america it's it's crazy <laughs> that's incredible then so um yeah so you, you got you got lots of feedback from people that, that, that um cared to you know actually drop you a line and tell you how they felt about the service yeah i got um there was a there was a contact address 
I'm trying to remember. I think it was just on the CFAX contact page. I don't think there was one just on the website, which also tells you something because it means people actually went to the bother of looking that up on CFAX, um, which I literally have just thought of. So there you go. Um, and they emailed, they emailed the address um, and I got all these emails and it was mostly from people who said, oh, yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I remember I used to check this every day. There was a few people who said things like, um, oh, could you do such and such? This page isn't working. Um, so that was how there's a couple there's a couple more sport pages have been added recently. A few bits and pieces like that that people specifically asked for. I had a few people offering me special like internal feeds for generating stuff from, which was very nice because I'm sure someone pays top dollar for that and I just have it for free. Um, and I had, the, I think probably my favorite one was the couple of people who emailed and said, I used to work on CFAX and this is brilliant. <laughs> um, I had like even, um, uh, I think he's John, but I can't remember what his last name is that done the interview on BBC Breakfast. Like he posted a, he posted something afterwards and said, oh, as my first like BBC journalist job was editing CFAGs. <laughs> so this is really, really amazing. And uh, I even had um, a couple of people who engineered like the actual hardware behind the scenes. So I had, I remember somebody messaged me and said, oh, back in, I think it was the 80s, they developed. So, you know, those handheld TVs that are about the size, well, of a mobile phone that came out sort of the late 90s-ish, they had they had invented one of those that could do teletext. Um, now, for whatever reason, it never came to market, but he sent me a picture of the actual prototype unit, so it was a real, it was a real thing, and I was just like, that so needs to be in a museum somewhere. <laughs> so hopefully we can make that happen sometimes, but I don't know. I don't know what happened or what... Uh, I know he said that it didn't work anymore, because obviously, I suppose the same reason that none of those pocket TVs work anymore, the capacitors have all leaked... But uh, he said it was a working prototype and it was really cutting edge at its time to shrink all the components down into that size of a device. And you can just imagine if something like that had come out, like that would really have been an early mobile, you know, what we know now as a mobile phone, you know, because you could have got your news and weather and stuff from a handheld device. I think that would have been amazing. And you can imagine a sort of alternate reality where that came out and you have um handheld teletext but well whatever it didn't come out but i still thought it was very interesting oh it is and uh yeah you're, you're right because if that if that had come out um you know we weren't all carrying phones around then and it might have been the case that you know it was marketed because they thought we'd all watch television but we didn't we we had the tv section you now the contrast turned right down and only had the um the, the uh, teletext on, you know, and it might have been the way phones were, you know, people go, oh, well, everyone will talk on their mobile phone, but it's probably the, the least used function now on, on a mobile yeah. device. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
um like i i th- i would love to it's 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 one of the things i have a project list that's like a million pages long and one of the things on there is build a handheld teletext receiver <laughs> of course the problem is nowadays i don't have a broadcast tv signal to pick up to use it which makes things infinitely harder because now i need either to make it connect to wi-fi or else transmit my own low frequency signal and well that's not so bad making it legal is bad um uh but anyway that's by the by <laughs> that, that 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 might be um there, there might be an anonymous group of um parallel teletext engineers that might try hack rf one day but um we shall never that know would be cool, yeah that would be i think um there, there might be talk of um uh thinking about that sort of thing maybe for teletext's 50th birthday party coming up in cambridge um this year in 2024 that would be amazing i would get my amateur license to do that um... you, could, you, you <laughs> could use mine you could use my call sign as long as i'm next to you so you'd be all, there's quite a few hams actually so i think you'd be all right you could go right up to a 2e0 i think so you'd be fine I noticed you you've had to well not not had to but the sport was the last thing to come on because of its it updates very very quickly but it looks like you've cracked that now and you're getting a new following really for the um for 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 the sport output that you do as well on NMS. Yeah, I think more than anything else that was sort of a missed um what would you say a sort of a missed opportunity I suppose uh, on my part because in our house we're we're not massively we're not big sport fans here so that that was why that was really why it didn't ever appear because it was only ever i only started adding that because well it was on cfax i can do it now it wasn't until it got uh more popular shall we say Mm. that i realized oh um People who are into sport really love CFAX. That's an untapped market. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I started, um, I started, I've started off with just like the news pages from football. And then I started adding in league tables because I know that's a big thing. And the scoreboard. So the scoreboard on CFAX shows you the days. But before they before they started, it shows you the today's matches, what's coming up, and then also whenever they're in progress, it shows you the latest goals that have scored and what time that was at or what minutes that was at, and then at the end, it shows you the final result. And uh, I do try every so often to sh- stick those on Twitter if I know that it's something. Um, like a high-end match, you know, that everybody's going to be interested in. I'll try and post the results page. Uh, I don't usually remember, though, because, as I say, it's not really on my radar. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's on there anyway. So I know people like to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great uh, touchstone because, uh, yeah, I was, I was very much football and news. So, um, yeah, I can imagine a lot more people like that. I mean, all you need to do is shout out 301, 302, 303, and people know exactly what you're talking about. I was actually contacted by um, a football club, shall we say, um, to recreate some pages for a for a some kind of history thing they were doing. Um, but I never saw anything more about it, so I'm not sure if they shelved the idea eventually or what happened. I just know that it was a couple of years ago now because it wasn't that long after that. They contacted me and they basically said... Um, if we gave you a year and the 
details would you be able to make the page that would have been right for that time so i again i was helped by recovery efforts i got the closest date to what they were looking for and then just fixed the scores or the league table i think it was um but i, I don't i don't recall ever seeing anything come out of that so I don't know. Maybe they never actually used that in the end. Up the, they seemed to be. It seemed to be something they were very much doing on the back burner whenever they had a chance, sort of thing. So I suppose anything more important would have took its place. But oh well. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I know that there are um, other enterprises out there that do um, football mugs and things like that. So it's um... most of them aren't right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I do. I, I look at the the, the colour and, and the spacing, but uh, yeah, it is. It's yeah. That, that's where. Um, people who work with uh teletext can probably see that um a lot a lot more uh the, the accuracy um you know the, the deficiencies in the accuracy but there you go it goes on a coffee mug and and it and, and you know the, the person that, that's drinking out of it loves loves teletext so that that's the main thing i guess and yes. um yeah and, and so what what's um so you're saying that you're trying to get this um utilizing well what, what the boffins would call a dvb um signal would that be right yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so would you would that still involve um, a Raspberry Pi, or would you be able just to sort of like get that off the um, off off the internal internet connection of of the DVB box? So at the moment, the way we were doing it, right? So you have a wee like a USB dongle that plugs into the computer, and that does the transmitting. Oh right. Um. So I plugged that into just a coax signal, um, hmm. but the magic is in the is in the code that generates the the signal for it to transmit if that makes sense because it's a digital data stream and it's you would think like how hard can it be well as it turns out very um <laughs> because the timing is super critical um the TVs especially we've discovered cheap TVs really don't have any margin for error so oh, if right. you transmit something that's in any way not in spec, you'll get jumps, you'll get weird audio fluctuations, you'll get things randomly not working. So, yeah, it, we're working on it, but it's not quite there yet. But the idea, yeah, would be um, that will plug into a Pi. Um, at the moment, I'm running it on my computer simply for bees of experimentation. But the idea is that eventually it'll run on a Pi, and I would say, I'm not 100% on this, but I would say the Pi on its own is probably able to generate at least one channel. Now, it might not have much on it, but it would be able to do teletext at least. Um, and then I'll, my eventual plan is to build a four-channel modulator that takes four HDMI inputs and makes a four-channel multiplex. But that's down the road that's not easy um, <laughs> if you can't see me at the moment obviously but on my desk behind me here is just an absolute pile of circuit boards and hdmi leads and <laughs> various other bits and pieces here so we're, we are it's in progress but it's not quite there yet so a lot of people are getting in contact with you are there any people who are trying to sort of like speak to you on a commercial uh level or not with cfax no um i think the, there's there's a, a number of reasons why that might be, but I I don't think we need to go into all that right now. The the load the lowdown is no, uh, unfortunately nobody is paying for CFAX. CFAX mm. remains fully my home 
project <laughs> there's no the only thing that i do have on it now that i didn't have back uh when i started it there is now a donations link because people especially when i had the when i was in all the papers said oh i would really love to support this but there's nothing to do it and at the time my thing was always well i can't really get money for it and that's true i can't get money for it but i can try to cover the server costs yes that's, exactly that's li yes. literally all it is it just sort of covers the domain name stuff like that so that's that's on there but i really don't make anything from it it's still fully just for the fun of it really um uh, now the only thing i do have now so there has been a couple of people have contacted me for doing the inserters that i build um which take a normal video signal and add teletext to it. So there's a company and I would love to tell you more about it, but the lowdown is there's a company that does an internal cable service throughout a number of buildings and uh, they use they use some of my inserters to run a teletext service on those. So that's, that's one place. There's, there's a few other sort of smaller orders. Like I was in touch with... Um, I can't actually remember the name of the company now, but there was a company that does um want some of that betting stuff, I think, and they run a feed. I, I'm trying to, I should know what the crowd is, but anyway, they run a feed to some some places in Europe, and they needed a Envision decoder to monitor it. But um, unfortunately, the engineer who was looking for it was really more interested in getting my design files to build his own than he was in just buying one. So I sent him over some of the some of the details and then he disappeared. So, <laughs> but oh well, it's all good fun, isn't it? Have you ever considered perhaps doing a a shadow service, which is a bit more say like more like a an ITV style or or more of a more of an Airtel? Uh, version as well it yeah it's it's something i have played with the idea there's a couple of different ideas i've played around with i thought about doing um a sort of teletext limited without the limited um <laughs> uh, the problem with that is um as i've mentioned before the main reason i do cfax is because that's what i remember i don't remember teletext limited so i don't really feel like i would be the right person to do that now if somebody wanted to do that i would be only too happy to help out you know in terms of the code that runs cfax which i dubbed sims which stands for cfax information management system it's very posh sounding but my mum came up with that <laughs> acronym so i can't take credit for it but yeah you've got to do it if your mum says as well oh yeah exactly mm -hmm. So uh, <laughs> uh, if somebody wanted to do that, absolutely, I, I'll help out. But I don't I, 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 I don't know. I just feel like I might not be the right person to do that. Apart from anything else, I already run one teletext service. That's plenty. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing is, yes, as you said, um, Airtel finished up. Oh, it must be only a few months ago, if that. And they... I, I actually, whenever I first heard that they were closing it down, I thought, you know what would be really class is if I rushed something in and literally took its place as it as it finished. As soon as it went off the air, I posted up, here's the new version. Uh, but for various reasons, I decided not to do that. But um, <laughs> I, it's something that I've definitely thought about. If I thought there would be interest, I would probably do that. But 
again, as I said, it's the same problem. I don't really remember Airtel. Um, we we live we live sort of near enough to the border that we get um Serview, which is the Republic's equivalent of Freeview, and so at that time we we still have two antennas. You've one pointed at Bracker Mountain for digital TV here, and then you've one pointed down south. Well, it's actually pointed west for where we are, but that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> for TV from there, and but the problem was in the analog days, it was too noisy to get teletext. You could just about watch it without getting angry. Uh, but you couldn't get teletext. It was no no way you could have got teletext on it. So I don't remember, I don't really remember Airtel. And obviously now we have digital, you can watch it pretty well. And we were able to get the uh, MHEG, I think it is, version of Airtel. But I don't have the means to recreate MHEG services at the moment. Whether I ever do or not remains to be seen. Um with the digital stuff, you never know. It might be something I look into. But to be honest, I think people people love the, the CFAX, the, the original teletext style, a lot more. You know, it's a lot more well-known. It's a lot more interesting to play with. And it's, believe it or not, it's a lot more accessible because the tools for doing MHEG are all very much licensed uh, by broadcasters and stuff. But anyway, I've got off topic, sorry. So the... the I would again. I don't really remember it, so I would need to go back through recoveries and stuff like that to try and recreate services. And um, um, the other thing, uh, I had thought about launching one that's completely my own, and I was going to call it um NMS Intel, and uh, I called it that. There's a couple of reasons why that name. Uh, it's <laughs> it's sort of a play on Intel as in intelligence, and it's also a play on Telfax and uh, Intelfax and all sorts of names are sort of played on with that. So I thought of that. And uh, what I'm going to do with that one is I'm doing a YouTube video at the moment. I've do I have done a couple of YouTube videos on running your own internal TV service. And the next one in the series is supposed to be teletext which is going to be one video and then I realized no there's no way this is going to fit in a one video so what my plan is I'm going to release a sort of a sort of a similar length to the other one video sort of going here's how you can create some static pages and run it on a pie really simple and then just say I realized this was not going to fit into a video so I'm going to have to make this into a series later and my plan is, and now I'm saying it on here, I'm going to have to stick to it. So this is a sort of a, this is, <laughs> this is the reason I'm doing it. <laughs> I, my plan is that I will release a sort of a cut down version of the code that runs CFAX and do a couple of videos just showing here is how you can do some simple stuff with this if you want to do your own. And the demo service I was going to use to do that was going to be Intel. So that was... So that it's sort of so that I'm not just going here is the massive CFAX service I built. You know, here is here is one I made earlier. I don't want to do that because that puts people off. So I just want to go right starting right from scratch. Here we have this. Here is how I designed the index page. Here is how I can get news from from somewhere um, or whatever. Um and uh, and go for, go from there, but we'll we'll see how that plays out. You know how it is. I might not. 
I might not ever do that in the next 40 years, but we'll we'll try. It's on the it's on the it's on the list. It's on the yeah. list. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's brilliant. So okay, so where would we find uh your teletext service online? So the CFAX service is available at www.nathanmediaservices.co.uk slash CFAX. And that'll get you to the viewer and it opens up automatically starts up and there's a remote for typing in the numbers at the side and all and that'll work on pc mobile wherever you like pretty much um you can also and you'll see down at the bottom of it there's instructions on how you can get it running on a pi i think those may be a little bit out of date but they should still work um you know if you use a bit of common sense <laughs> i need to update it but yeah um, and then there's also a link there to my YouTube channel, which has pages from CFAX going out live 24-7. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, and uh, are you still on X? Are you active on X or anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, I'm still on, yeah, yeah, probably the main one is X. So I'm, mm. if you look up um, Avro Vulcan XH607, you'll get my account um there's not a huge amount goes on there but i try and post screenshots of interesting cfax things mm, from mm, time to time yeah yeah and if anyone was interested in sort of um you know offsetting some of your server costs and all that is there a page that they can go to for that as well so that's on i believe it's kofi you pronounce it um there is a link there is a link um at the bottom of the cfax page again to that um but I think it's the same account username. So if you look up, if you look up that Avro Vulcan X six six zero seven, you should get me pretty much anywhere. Um, <laughs> I'm also on I'm also on Threads and Blue Sky. So if there's anybody on there who wants to follow me there, please do because there's only like three on it, which means there's no point in posting anything there. <laughs> so it's just a sort of a ghost page. There's nothing on it, but I'm I'm on there, and if I get a few followers on there, I'll try and post stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Blue Sky is. Um... It looks it's it looks lovely, but I've got more invites than followers. So um, yeah, nah, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. I was just gonna say, if anybody wants to get on Blue Sky, I have like f five or six invites that I have nobody to give to. So if you want, let me know and I'll give you one. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Okay, well, it, before um, we wrap up, uh, Nathan, was there anything else that you wanted to say uh, that I might not have covered in the um, in in the main thrust of the podcast? Uh, I think the only thing that I may not have mentioned up until now is the, the pages from CFAX stream, which I alluded to um, a moment ago. So I used to do that. I would have done, you know, a couple of hours in an evening every week or so. Um, that was when I was up in Belfast. And <clears throat> and I, uh, I, I, I'd done that on and off for a while. And there was a few people tried to run 24-7 ones and they run it from Alistair's web viewer. Um, the difference with mine is it runs from an actual decoder. It runs from an actual hardware decoder in a rack with a composite video output. So you get that delightful crawl and smeariness on it. Um, so that uh, is very much to look like the old BBC2 version. Um, but I now run that 24-7. So it runs all the time on YouTube as long as I haven't tripped over a plug or something and then it might go off. But the rest of the time it's live. And uh, yeah, I said there's a, there's a link to that at the bottom of the, of the CFAX 
uh, website. But again, you can find it on YouTube. If you just look up pages from CFACT, it's usually the top two or three results. Oh, well, absolutely brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Nathan. And um, uh, keep it blocky for the future. And I'm, I'm hoping that I'll see you in person in Cambridge uh, for the for the 50th uh, birthday party in September. Indeed, yes. Thank you for having me on. Thanks again to Nathan for his kindness and generosity for appearing on this podcast. You can also leave feedback by getting me on X at Teletextile. You can go to the Discord where the join-up notes are actually in the notes of this podcast. If you feel that way inclined, you can buy me a Kofi at co-fee.com forward slash buy any donation goes towards offsetting the costs of the podcast, which aren't mighty, but any little does help. And thank you to everybody who has done so already. Bite High No Limit was presented by me, Carlos, and is a Bite High No Limit production. And until next time, keep it blocky. That idiot Jeremy Vine not firing questions at you. He wants to, he just wants to bloody get his listeners worked right up. And he and he was more hung up about the fact that you were like a quarter of his age. <laughs> the the one the Jeremy Vine one. I done that live from my uh, office at work, uh, <laughs> and so so I was sitting I was sitting trying to trying to do this. You're you're sort of very aware that you're. You know, you're sitting in an office by yourself, but there's probably a few hundred, you know, at least probably a few hundred thousand, if not more than that, people listening. And uh, then he asks something that you have no, you really hadn't thought of. And it's just completely in at the deep end. You're just like, ah! <laughs> but and, there we yeah. go. That's and that happens. and that day, I think the, was it on that one or was that on the BBC breakfast? But Novak Doc Djokovic was in the news for not, Having uh, that a jam, yeah, that, that was, was breakfast, yeah, yeah. and that, that that really, I thought, what an what an arsehole for doing that to you, because so, like you know, you're all primed, we're all there waiting, and then it was sort of like, and you could tell that I think the presenters really wanted to speak to you more than go to the Novak Djokovic for the fifteenth time in Sydney, you know, it was sort of like we want something new to talk about, so, um, but yeah. No, it's, it's good, it, yeah. You can imagine behind the scenes that was really nerve wracking because I was sat up here and I had my laptop sat. Well, I you've seen my setup. So I was sitting with the, the big monitor stack and I wanted that behind me because I thought it would look cool. But the problem with that was the TV's up here, so I couldn't actually see what was happening. Um, All I had was a Zoom link. I joined on this Zoom link and it just came up sorry, this room is in use. So I was like, all right, okay, they're probably interviewing someone else or whatever. So that went on for, I'd say, a good 10, 15 minutes. And I was really starting to think, what is going on here? Is this, is, have they scrapped this at the last minute? And I was, I picked up my phone and I was just dialing in the number of the 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 uh, journalist who had contacted me. Her, she had, she'd given me her phone number. And I was literally about to phone her up and she rang me and said, uh, or no, maybe not her, but it was maybe a withheld number from the studio or something. And I got this number anyway. And I was just like, um, 
from the gallery. Oh, so is that Zoom link not working? We've just sent you another one. Get on quickly. <laughs> and I said, oh, this is a panic now. So I had to join on. You join on. It's, it's quite good fun. You join on Zoom and you get through to the master control room in London. So I got this engineer on who was very nice. And then they passed me through to Salford, which is where breakfast is done. And they uh, that got me through to the gallery to chat again. And then they said, right, next thing you're going to hear is program sound and you'll be on. Mm. Uh, and that was it. So it was mm. it was a real last minute thing. Mm. Uh, but and you could sort of tell that we were a wee bit pushed for time. But oh, well, what can you do? It's TV. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that, that show business, mate, that show business. That's so showbiz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.